Hey, if you have your Bible with you this morning, I want to encourage you to turn to Luke chapter 5 or 2 Kings 13. And while you're turning or clicking there, I want to just take a moment and I want to lead us in praying for our nation. Uh, This week, as we inaugurate a new president, I want to encourage us that we as the people of God must be prayerful. Whether you are excited about this inauguration or whether you're very apprehensive about some of the policies and the things that are going to be implemented, one thing is true. We can remain prayerful, trusting that Jesus Christ is still on the throne. He's able to make all things, turn all things together for his good. And the Bible says for us in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, that we are to pray for all leaders and all people who are in authority. And so would you stand to your feet today and let's pray together for our nation? Listen, I, I want to encourage you that we as the people of God must stand up, speak out. We must become engaged and actively engaged in the leadership of our nation. And, but we must do it God's way. We must pray, we must serve, we, we must uh, humble ourselves and seek God. Listen, this nation, what this nation needs more than anything is a great awakening, a revival of biblical values, a returning to God's word, and a commitment from pulpits and churches and homes and hearts and families to build our lives on God's word and to reach other people to do the same. And I want to encourage us, we are, the weapons of our warfare are not earthly or carnal, God's word says. They are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. And so we must not resort. I mean, the people who have resorted to violence earlier in 2020 and all throughout culminating in what happened at the Capitol, the Bible is so clear. The anger of man will not accomplish the righteousness of God. But I'm telling you, when groups of people like do what we're about to do, we pray, we call out to God, we humble ourselves, and then we receive the call of God. I mean, I'm telling you, we need to believe for Christian men and women who don't just have good policies or platform positions, but who walk in the character and the nature of Jesus Christ, the compassion of God to begin to be identified and stepping forward and and promoted to positions of leadership in our nation. But it's not gonna happen if the people of God don't pray and remain purposeful and not allow the enemy to knock us out of position. So would you join with me today and let's pray over our nation. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your heart for this country. And Lord, we pray, God, that this week, as this leadership transition takes place, Lord, we we pray that there would be peace and unity that that would be maintained, God. Even as maybe there are protests, even as there are people who are hurting or confused, God, we pray that you would protect and guard the peace and the unity of this country. That we would, that we would return to, to be once again one nation under God. We pray for those leaders, Lord. We pray that you would, that you would speak to them, that you would somehow bring the word of God to them, Lord, that you would somehow surround them with people who would minister to them and pray for them uniquely and specifically as we pray for them from afar corporately, God, and individually. And Lord, we lift up our nation. We pray that there would be a returning to God, a returning to God's word, a revival, a great awakening once again. That's what's going to change the United States of America. And Lord, you said in your word that if your people, that's you and that's me, if we would humble ourselves, if we would turn from our wicked ways and we would seek God's face, that he would hear from heaven, he would come and he would heal our land. And so Lord, we do that very thing today, God. We say, Lord, that we we humble ourselves, we cry out to you, we trust you, we look to you, Lord. And we thank you that you would come and do what only you could do, Lord, that you would heal and restore our nation. In Jesus' mighty name and all God's precious people said, Amen. Amen. Come on, can you put your hands together for what God's doing? He's still alive and well. You can be seated. All right, hey, let's dig into God's word this morning together. Luke chapter five is the first scripture that we'll visit. 
It's kind of a foundational scripture for this series. Then we'll get to 2 Kings chapter 13, which is a little longer passage that we'll dig into this morning to underline what God has to speak to you and I today. And we're continuing in this series that, we, that we're using to start the new year called New Year, New You. And listen, as I was preparing, seeking the Lord for what to speak to us, the Lord just showed me that so many people were so desperately ready to kick 2020 to the curb. And listen, I get it. There were some challenges, unforeseen, unexpected things. But by the way, in the middle of all those things, can't you look back and see how God has been faithful to you? I mean, don't miss the opportunity to look back through those things and realize you're still standing. God has been faithful. Come on, don't miss that. I mean, be sure that you remember it well. Don't allow the enemy to overemphasize the challenges or the struggles or the unforeseen things in your finances, in your business, in your family or whatever. Make sure that you build a monument on the faithfulness of God. He's seen you through. Somebody say amen. amen. But what I began to see is that there was a lot of misplaced hope and trust in the simple act of turning the page of the calendar. A new year will not guarantee different results. In fact, I'm encouraging us that 2021 will have unique challenges of its own. The only thing that can guarantee and assure new results for you in this new year is a new or fresh or deeper, closer relationship between you and the Lord Jesus Christ. More awareness of his promises, his presence, more connected to his purposes and his people that he's called you to be connected to in your life. More of Jesus. Come on, the number one resolution that you should have going into this new year is more of Jesus in your life, more of Jesus in your home, more of Jesus in your marriage, more of Jesus in your family. Come on, it's my prayer, more of Jesus in this church. Lawrence needs a move of Jesus in this city. Our nation needs more of Jesus. We tend to set do goals, however. I'm gonna do better at this. I'm gonna do more of this. But studies show 92% of New Year's resolutions that are due goals fail or abandoned by Valentine's Day. And maybe it's because, again, I'm just catching us up to speed this morning before we dig into God's word this morning. Maybe it's because we have focused more on do goals instead of who goals. That the better pathway to experiencing, to doing some things differently or better and experiencing more of God's blessing in this new year is not by saying I'm gonna do this better, but by saying I'm going to become the man of God God's called me to become. Be by focusing on who goals over do goals. Who God's calling you to be, man of God? As a husband, as a father, as a servant leader, as, a, as, as, as an employee or an employer, who God has called you to be, woman of God? As a wife, as a mother, as a leader, as a servant, Focus more on who God's calling you to be and maybe you'll apprehend the grace to begin to experience the do goals that God has called you to do. And listen, what I can do better, I'm encouraging us, it's good to have do goals. There's some things in my life that I'm asking God to grace me to do better in my, in my faith, in my family, in my finances, in my fitness, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and relationally. But beyond that, better than do goals are who goals. Who could you become? Who can I become this year? How can I look a little bit more like Jesus? How, when people encounter me, how can I sound a little bit more like Jesus this year than I did last year? And listen, avoid the trap of comparison. The only person that you need to be better than this year is the person you were last year. Don't compare yourself. 
Just say, Lord, who are you calling me to be and become? That's better than a do goal. The best is to say, who can I connect to? Who can I draw near to? Who can I grow closer to? Who can I gather my strength? In whom can I place my trust? And I'm telling you, that is more of Jesus in your life. The number one resolution that you should make going into this year is more of Jesus. Less of me and more of you. Come on, right where you are, say less of me and more of you, more of Jesus. But here's the thing that I've learned over the years is that when preachers stand and preach about, do you want more of God? Everyone is quick to amen. Who wouldn't want more of God? But why is it that many of us struggle to really embrace or walk into the more of God? And the Lord spoke it to me this way. And listen, I write these things down when the Lord is speaking them to my heart, and I try to share them in a way that maybe, just maybe, they'll stick with you. Something deep and profound when spoken in a way that maybe uh, allows you to, to remember or embrace or recite it. And here's the way the Lord spoke it to me. That to embrace the more that God has in store, you must be willing to walk into the new he is calling you to. Let me say it again. To embrace the more he has in store, you've got to be willing to walk into the new he is calling you to. That's where the struggle lies. We all want the more, but are we willing to embrace the new? The new mindsets, the new friendships, the new disciplines, the new decisions, the new words that God is calling us to speak. The new patterns, the new, the new relationships. What are we willing to, to walk into? The new things that will position us to receive the more that God has in store. Look, Jesus addressed it real clearly, Luke chapter five, the key scripture, the foundational scripture for this series. And watch what Jesus says so plain, so clearly. He says in verse 37, no one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the new wine, come on, say new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. But watch what he says right here. Catch this. This is where the struggle gets real for all of us. Again, we, we all amen. We want more of God. Are we willing to walk in the new? And it says, no one, verse 39, no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. And he's speaking right to something that we all battle. Are we willing to break free of some old habits, old patterns, old relationships to pursue the new he's calling us to so you can walk in the more he has in store? Wineskins, thoughts we think, words we speak, the company we keep. Listen, if you didn't hear last week's message here or online, I want to encourage you, go back and listen to it. I talked about that there's a battle that's waged in your mind, and we dug into what God's word has to say about that battle. And I encouraged you that as a believer in Jesus Christ, filled with the spirit of God, empowered with the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit, you have been equipped to win the battle in your mind. But you're going to have to get up off your spiritual couch and fight. You're going to have to find out what God's word has to say. And you're going to have to begin to think, speak, declare, and stand upon the word of God over your life. Go back and listen to it if you missed it. Today, I want to encourage you with two additional truths that I believe represent, represent wineskins. Again, patterns, mindsets, behaviors that we can pursue and develop that position us to receive and steward the more that God wants to release to us. Because there's new wine, new joy, new peace, new confidence in your identity in Christ. A new season maybe of serving God's people or maybe there's a dream that God has for you. There is more he has in store for you. You need to hear that today. That's not just the truth for the person sitting to your left or your right. It's true for you. Yeah. 
It's true for you. There's more that he has for you. Listen, I don't care if you're here and you are far from God. You're far from him. I'm telling you, there's more that he has. And today is your moment of salvation to take one step towards Christ and just keep taking one more step towards Christ. Just watch what he'll do in your life. Or maybe you've been serving the Lord for a long time. Don't get stuck. Don't get stuck. I'm telling you, man of God, woman of God, God has more for you. But to experience the more that he has in store, you have to be willing to embrace the new that he's calling you to. And today, last week, we talked about the thoughts you think. Today, I want to talk to you about the decisions you make and the disciplines you develop. The decisions you make and the disciplines you develop. Can we pray over the word today? Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're speaking. Thank you to what you're inviting us to in this season as your people. Lord, thank you that your heart, oh my goodness, people of God, he knows right where you are today. He knows right where you are. He's seen the good things, the victories, the places where he's shown himself to be faithful and you're standing firm. He sees and he knows the challenges, the doubts, the missteps, the misgivings. He knows where you are today. And I'm telling you, regardless of where you are, he has more for you. He's inviting you to experience more of him. He's inviting you to draw nearer to him in 2021. He's inviting you to grow closer to him. He's inviting you to go deeper into his heart and his promises for you. Will you receive it today? Lord, would you help us to, to be willing and to be able by your grace to do things we could not do in our own strength, but by your Holy Spirit to hear what you're speaking to us today. Those invitations, those callings to, to embrace new wineskins so that you can bring new wine, Lord, new levels of peace and freedom and joy and victory in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen, amen, amen. I wanna to talk to you about the power of daily decision. In Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, we see a man who is in a moment of decision. And I want to encourage you with something today. You do not have to go along with the way your life is going right now. You can keep living the way you're living, but if you're willing to do that, you'll just keep getting what you've been getting. There's power in a determined decision. Watch how, watch how this plays out in Joshua chapter 24. In verse 15, it says, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day, say this day, whom you will serve whether the gods of your ancestors that were served beyond the Euphrates, he's talking about the gods of the past, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. He's talking about popular culture and what the culture is embracing and worshiping and serving and holding up as God. He says, you're gonna have to make a choice. Who are you going to serve? I'm telling you today, people of God, in many ways, we find ourselves in the same position, the same moment in time, we're going to have to make a decision. Are you going to serve the God of this day, the God of this age, the God of popular culture? Or are you willing to make a determined decision like Joshua reveals to us as we read on where he said, you choose whom you're gonna serve as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God empowers determined decision. I'm just telling you, you don't have to just take it as it's coming to you. You can stand on God's word and say, you, this might be what pop culture is saying. This might be the trajectory of our nation. But as for me and my house, 
We are going to stand upon the word of God. We are going to continue to serve the people of God, even if it's not popular. God empowers determined decision. What's he calling you to in this season? Where's he, where's he challenging you to make a decision that will align you with a new season that will present before God a new wineskin into which he can pour new wine, a fresh season into your life? Listen, young people, the Holy Spirit just prompted me to speak to you. Many of you just kind of wondering, what is it that God is calling me to? What's my career path? What school should I go to? Who am I going to marry? And I want to encourage you until he reveals those things, just make a determination to make God-honoring decisions. Just make God-honoring decisions with your life and just watch what God does. God-honoring decisions will connect you to your destiny. You don't have to have it all figured out. But with what he's entrusted to you today, that moment with your girlfriend, that moment with that opportunity that he's given you, just make a God-honoring decision. Take a moment and say, the culture might say I should do this. The culture says it's acceptable. The culture says I should even do this, but I'm willing to stand in this moment and say, what would honor God the most? Come on, isn't that what we ought to seek after? What pleases God? What honors God? It's that life that positions us to walk in the blessing of God. Joshua made a decision. God empowers decisions. And God's word calls us to daily decisions. You know, in this season where, where people are making those annual resolutions, I think one of the reasons why those things fail, in addition to the fact that we would be better served to focus on who instead of do, is that we tend to think that making a decision or determination on December 31st or January 1st will somehow empower us to experience different results. We think annually as it regards a calendar. Listen, I get it. It's an opportunity to turn the page on a calendar, to take inventory, to take stock of the things that went well, the places where we experienced challenges and celebrate the places where God was faithful. I get it. We should do it. But maybe we would experience more fruitfulness and effectiveness, more victory if we were willing to do what God's word says and make daily decisions. Daily decisions. Daily decisions. The way that God, that Jesus rather encouraged us to pray was this way. Father, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Hallmark of spiritual maturity is beginning to live day by day. Living daily empowers you. It empowers you to not allow a day, a day of discouragement, disappointment, to become a season of despair or depression. Living day by day also empowers you to begin to make steps of faith towards something that God has called you to do or to become. Listen, we serve a God who has called us to have a long-term vision, a dream, a goal for your life. Proverbs 29, 29, 18 says it this way, where there is no vision, my people perish. Another translation says it this way, where there is no vision, where there is no prophetic vision, a word from God, from the heart of God, from the spirit of God, for what he's calling you to dream and to pursue, to be or become. It says, my people cast off restraint. In other words, when there's not something that you are living towards, when there's not a dream for your marriage, when there's not a dream for your family, when there's not a dream for your finances, a word from God over your life, 
We tend to cast off restraint. In other words, we live carelessly or callously. We make decisions that aren't based on positioning or advancing ourselves towards what God has put out before us. He says, seek me for a vision, seek me for a goal, seek me for a dream. That in that moment, you can begin to say, listen, I could go to the right, I could go to the left, I could say yes, I could say no. What is a God-honoring decision that will allow me to take a step towards the goal, the dream, the vision, the destiny that God has for my life, my marriage, my family, my business, my ministry? Have a vision for your life. Seek the Lord. Come on, some of you need to seek the Lord in a fresh or a new way. Lord, what are you inviting me to? What are you calling me to? What's possible if we just begin to serve you, to grow a little bit closer to you, to draw a little bit nearer to you, to go a little bit deeper in you in 2021? But the same God who calls us to have a life vision, a dream, a goal, a passion, Come on, for your marriage, for your family. My wife and I have a, have a dream. We have a vision. We've seen something in our, in, our, in our spirit. And it causes us to make decisions. It causes us to say no to the schemes of the enemy. It causes us to take a stand and say to get to what we've seen, to get to that place with that dining room in that house that has that table that allows our kids and grandkids to come and to, and to be in our home. We, can't, we have to say no to some things and we have to say yes to God. The same God who calls you to have that dream, that vision, that goal, that thing that's driving your decisions is the same God who says, don't worry about tomorrow, for today has enough worries of its own. So which is true? Which is true? I'm waiting for someone to answer. <laughs> which is true? Both. They're both true. They're both true. God understands that the pathway to your life vision it's going to be paved with daily decision. He wants you to have a dream. He wants you to have a goal, but he doesn't want you to become so overwhelmed with what that thing is that you don't even have the faith to step into it. He says, have a dream, have a goal, have a vision, and then just take a step. Just do the thing. Just make the decision today that will cause you to draw a little bit closer to that thing that I've invited you to in your future. It's worth saying again. The pathway to your life vision is paved by daily decision. Listen, this is good news for anyone who feels like you've blown it. That maybe you once were pursuing God. Maybe there once was something that you could have pursued in your marriage or your finances, but you made some bad choices. You made some bad decisions. You encountered some unexpected or unforeseen things. And today you would say, Pastor T, that's good for someone else. But if you only knew how far away I am from what God originally invited me to. And I'm telling you, this is good news for you. Because all God's looking for you to do today is be faithful with this moment, this day, this opportunity to say yes, to make a quality decision, to just take one step back towards the will of God for your life. To just take one step that's evidenced by one decision. Listen, it's never too late to do the right thing, to take daily steps towards Jesus towards his heart, his will, his word, his way for your life. Zechariah 4.10 says it this way, do not despise small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. What's it mean for you today? Don't allow the enemy to overwhelm you or think that you're so far gone that you might as well just give up. It's too late is what the enemy will come and speak to you today, but I'm telling you today, the Lord would rejoice over one small step back towards the word and the will of God in your life, in your marriage, in your family. He rejoices over it just to see the work begin. 
the enemy comes and tries to cause you to feel like it's insurmountable, like you've missed the boat. And I'm telling you today, it's never too late to do the right thing. To extend the forgiveness. To make the phone call. To say yes to the invitation of God to serve. To begin to pray and to begin to Ask the Lord for a grace to be set free from the thing that has hindered you or held you back or maybe even become a bondage or an addiction in your life. He rejoices over the small beginnings, the daily decisions. Listen, daily decisions made consistently develop godly disciplines. And that's where we find ourselves at 2 Kings chapter 13. This is a powerful passage. I hope you'll see what God is trying to speak to us through this and what we have is the King Jehoash coming to the prophet Elisha who happens to be in the latter stages of life. In fact, the word says that he's on his deathbed. He's battling the last sickness, the sickness from which he will die and go home to be with the Lord. And that's where we pick it up in verse 14 where it says, when Elisha was in his last illness, King Jehoash of Israel visited him and wept over him. My father, my father, I see the chariots and the charioteers of Israel. He cried. He's making a grandiose religious statement. And Elisha encounters the king and tells him, get a bow and get some arrows. And the king did as he was told. And Elisha told him, put your hand on the bow. And Elisha laid his own hands over the king's hands. Listen, what is it that God has put in your hands today? that he's just looking for you to present to him and say, Lord, would you put your hands on my hands and would you strengthen me to be faithful with what you've called me to? That relationship, that opportunity. And reading on, it says, he commanded the king, open the eastern window. And the king opened it. And then the prophet said, shoot. So he shot an arrow. And the prophet Elisha proclaimed, this is the Lord's arrow, an arrow of victory over Aram. For you will completely conquer the Arameans at Apex. Then the prophet said, now pick up the other arrows and strike them against the ground. So the king picked them up and he struck the ground three times. But the man of God became angry with him. And he said, you should have struck the ground five or six times, he exclaimed. Then you would have beaten Aram until it was entirely destroyed, completely defeated. Now you will only be victorious three times. Listen, I'm not sure that there was anything special or magical or powerfully prophetic about the five, fifth, or the sixth time, but I think the Lord was looking for someone who would take the thing that he had called them to put in their hand and be faithful to consistently do what God has told them to do with what he's put in your hand. I think he saw something in this king, a willingness to show up, a willingness to say the right thing, a willingness to go through the motions, a willingness to try something out, but then to lay it down. He's calling us to pick up what God's called you to have in your hand. I mean, come on, your marriage, your family, your job, whatever opportunity, whatever thing, person, whatever he's put in your hand. And he's saying, go back to the place where I gave you an instruction, where I spoke a word, where, where I showed you in my word how to steward that thing well. And begin to do it again. And keep doing it. Don't quit, don't give up. God's word says that if we continue to do faithfully what he's called us to do and we don't grow weary, but we keep doing good in due season, we'll reap a harvest, a breakthrough. Joash was willing to go to church. He was willing to say the religious sounding thing. He was even willing to maybe experiment or try some things. 
But listen, hear me today. People who do extraordinary things with their life, people who do extraordinary things do consistently what others do occasionally. What is it that God's invited you to? That this year and this hour and this season you can begin to see is not a religious obligation, but an invitation. And you can go to that place and take what God's put in your hand and just to, with consistency, begin to make those decisions that lead to disciplines, that lead to blessing, and lead to breakthrough. People who do extraordinary things do consistently what others do occasionally. I was reminded of a leader in our nation. His name is Admiral, Admiral McRaven who was the Admiral of the United States Navy. And he gave a commencement speech at the University of Texas, I believe it was in 2014, and the overwhelming theme of this message from a man who had ascended to the leadership of the United States Navy, the theme of his commencement address to these thousands of young people whom he had been asked to come and speak something that would allow them to maybe take their education and their experience and go and change the world with it. The theme of his address was this. Every morning, make your bed and do it as excellently as you know how. And he told about how in Navy SEAL training, his commanders would come into the barracks and every morning the first thing that was tested is these men were being challenged and tested and groomed and shaped and prepared to serve at the highest levels of our United States military. The very first test of the day that would prove whether they were qualified to move to the next season of training was had they made their bed and had they done it with all their heart. And he talks about how the commander would come in and he would drop a quarter on the bed and there was an expectation that that bed was made so neatly and so tightly that the quarter would bounce off of the bed. Listen, I don't believe that the United States military or that commander had some weird fascination with bed making. I believe he understood a principle that's true, that faithfulness with the little things. I mean, come on, it's in God's word. He who is faithful with little will be faithful with much. Luke 16, verse 10. Whoever can be trusted with little can be trusted with much. God has some new, he has some more, he has some things he's calling you to and preparing you for. But to the pathway to the new, the next, and the more of God, I say it, I've said it before, it bears repeating today. The pathway to the new, the next, and the more is always faithfulness with the now. It's always faithfulness with the now. What thing that seems insignificant? What thing seems beneath what you've hoped for or expected? Has God released to you or entrusted to you that today you could just say, Lord, in this moment, in this day, I wanna make some different decisions, some different determinations that lead to different disciplines that allow me to be found faithful with that thing that you've released to me so that you can release more. Listen, would you stand to your feet? Let's prepare to respond to the Lord. I wanna give you four areas that I wanna encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit real time right now in this moment, Lord, what are some different decisions that I could begin to make or recommit myself to that if done consistently would lead to godly disciplines that would invite blessing and breakthrough into my life? Listen, in your faith, in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, listen, that's what God desires to have with you. Jesus did not come and give his life on that cross to allow you to become an occasional church attender. 
He came to establish and reestablish, to pay the price, to make a way to remove your sin and remove the barrier that the sin had created so that you could have a relationship with God. In your relationship with God, what decision can you make going into 2021 that if done consistently would lead towards a godly discipline that would position and prepare you to receive the more he has in store? I mean, really, I'm asking you. It's not a rhetorical moment. It's not a moment where you're just hearing. I want to ask you, would you really ask the Holy Spirit? Lord, what, dis what decision, what discipline could I make in my relationship with you that will allow me to be positioned to steward well the new wine that you want to release into my life? The new levels of joy, the new levels of peace, the new levels of confidence in my identity in Christ, the new grace and anointing from God to do what you've called me to do for the glory of God and to experience and enjoy more of the blessing of God. Maybe it's just recommitting yourself to just five minutes or 10 minutes in God's word. Maybe it's just rededicating yourself to just hitting your knees for two or three minutes as you start your day, as you make your bed physically and as you, as you, as you begin to, to dedicate yourself to a discipline that will prepare your heart spiritually for all that that day holds in store for you. What is it, what decision could you recommit yourself to that when done consistently would develop a godly discipline that would prepare you to receive the more he has in store for you? In your finances, and I'm gonna challenge you in four things, your faith, your finances, your fitness, and what's the fourth one? <laughs> your family, your family. Your faith, your finances, your fitness, your family. Four areas that we tend to experience the most blessing from or pain from. What, what, what area in your finances could you make a new decision that would lead to a godly discipline that would prepare you to receive the more that he has for you? Maybe for you it's just saying, we're gonna make a budget this year. We're tired of the tail wagging the dog. We're gonna sit down and we're gonna budget and we're gonna plan and we're gonna begin to break the curse of poverty or lack or debt. And one of the things that we can do, we can't control how much we get paid, but we can sit down and say, Lord, would you give us wisdom for how to budget wisely so that we can just take a step towards financial freedom and breakthrough. Maybe it's recommitting to giving or, or even develop audacious goals for how you can give generously to the kingdom or to things that are making a difference in our community. In your family, what's one decision that you could make that when done consistently could lead to a godly discipline? Listen, husbands and wives, Maybe it's just rededicating or purposing in this year to pray together. Come on, even for just two or three minutes every day, what, what's possible? What could happen in the atmosphere of your marriage, your home, your relationship with just that kind of a commitment? And listen, for many of us, the, 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 the struggle is, well, we're too busy. I'm telling you, what does it take? Do what it takes to, to not allow the things that are urgent to overtake what's most important. Maybe you have to do a Zoom call or you have to commit some time when you're commuting back and forth to just make three minutes to pray together for one another and for your family and for your community and for this church. What's possible if you would just make one decision? Come on, just one step, one step towards God. In your fitness, physically, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, just one step, one, one decision today that if done consistently would lead towards a godly discipline that would prepare you to receive the more that God has in store for you. Lord, I just thank you for gracing us as your people, Lord. There's more that you have in store. 
and you're leading us and you're inviting us. It's not an obligation, it's an invitation, Lord. And we receive it today. I pray, Lord, that you would be speaking right now to the precious people of God, reminding them of some dreams, some visions, some goals, some things that you've called them to. And Lord, in this day, we would no longer, Lord, allow the enemy to use busyness or, or, or to use distraction to keep us from prioritizing and focusing on what really matters most to you, God. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to your people. And listen, before we worship and close this morning, I wanna take a moment and do the most important thing that we do every time when we gather together, and that's give you an opportunity to give your life or rededicate your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe that's the step today for you. You once knew God, served God. Maybe you grew up in the church and you are today what the Bible describes as a prodigal son or daughter. You've drifted from him. Today you look up and you say, Pastor T, it all sounds good, but I'm so far from God. Weighed down by my sin and my guilt and my shame and the condemnation that the enemy tries to bring to my life. Or maybe you've never given your life to Jesus and receive what it feels like to have that sin and that, that guilt and that shame removed in a way that you cannot do in your own strength. But Jesus came to do for you, to restore you back to relationship with God. Listen, if that's you, you are in either camp or anywhere in between, do not delay right now. Would you just lift your hand high towards heaven? Those of you who are joining us online, who are rededicating your life to the Lord, you might not even be with someone, but I'm telling you, stand up to your feet, lift your hand high towards heaven. You are not responding to a preacher or a person, you're responding to a heavenly father. You're responding to a heavenly father. And Lord, thank you for these precious people who are responding. Thank you for what it represents. This hand going up, it's just an outward evidence of something that God's doing in a deep way, in a deep place in their hearts. Thank you, Lord, for sons and daughters coming back home to relationship with you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for lives changing, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're, you're calling them to something new, a new season, a fresh season. All things becoming new, the old passing away, that's what you're experiencing today if you're responding to Jesus Christ. And listen, church family, what we're gonna do is what we do every week. Let's pray with those precious people, both in this room and online. We do it together every week for a couple of reasons. And, and one is just to quickly come alongside them and just affirm to them there's a people who wanna come alongside you and encourage you and strengthen you and help you to grow in your faith. And two, we do it every week because it reminds us that even as we're growing in our faith, we never graduate from grace. We need the grace of God in 2021 as much as we ever have. So come on, church. There were people that responded to Jesus this morning. Isn't that amazing? Let's pray it with everything we have. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I recognize my need for a Savior. I thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price I could not pay, to make a way that I might have a new life and a fresh start. I give you that life. I give you my trust. And because of Jesus, because of the cross of Jesus, I will never be the same. Come on, say it again and then rejoice with all of heaven. I'll never be the same. Come on, put your hands together for those precious people who came home to Jesus today. Hey, let's worship the Lord one more time together today. Then Pastor Michael will come and pray over you and dismiss you.